Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 26th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Guess what? We did it. We freaking did it. Today is our last episode of the Across the Country with the College Football Daily Objective, which, and, and you can go find all those episodes in this in that playlist on Spotify. And the objective was to do an individual episode on every single Power 5 school this offseason. And we did it. Today's our last one. We're, we're talking Florida State with Brendan Sinone of Knowles 24-7. Lance Glenn, our producer, stepped in and did a ton of these. Major thank you to him, to all of the coaches and team site reporters who helped us out and joined us so that we could learn more about their team and help you all learn just as much. We even covered a few group of five schools. We would have done more. We would have done a a bevy of of group of five schools if we didn't have conference realignment thrust upon us all of a sudden and name image likeness and transfer portal and all of the other stuff I'm forgetting about. We did um, some FCS. It was great. It, It was a fun summer and tomorrow we will be previewing the week zero games. So this was, I mean, we finished it in the nick of time but regardless we finished it and yeah i mean that's it we did it so i'm happy about it uh, enough about that let's talk to brendan about florida state this is a team that's gotten a lot of air time this off season will get a lot of air time this season as well because the schedule is brutal and they're going to start the season on sunday night on national television not this sunday next sunday on national television against notre dame everett golson battle i can't wait to watch that i can't wait to watch all the games and i can't wait for you to listen to this conversation with brendan sinone of Knowles 24 7 Bringing in Brendan Sinone right now. Brendan, I did not think that this would be the first thing to ask you. Like if you had told me in June that I'm going to talk to you in August, I would just assume that quarterback is figured out for for the Knowles. But Mackenzie Milton hasn't won the job yet. Jordan Travis is is pushing him. I thought Milton would, would be a slam dunk here to open up the season as a starter against Notre Dame. Uh, what can you tell me about that and about any sort of timeline here? So well, the timeline is, as Mike Norville said after his scrimmage on Sunday, uh, he said, we're getting closer, which technically, to name it a starting quarterback, technically, like they are getting closer to the Notre Dame game. So he is correct. Like they are getting closer to that. But yeah, I don't know, Trey, like how the, the actual announcement is going to go. I don't know if FSU is actually going to come out and say... You know, we're, we're starting blank versus Notre Dame, whether it's Mackenzie Milton or Jordan Travis. So when the, the spring exited, uh, Mackenzie Milton ended it with a bang. He had a good practice, and then he had a great showing in the spring game. But I thought Jordan Travis was probably the most consistent player through the spring, which made sense because Jordan has been with this team before. Uh, he knows the playbook more than Mackenzie Milton did, and obviously wasn't shaking off the rust that Mackenzie Milton had to shake off given the, the amount of time he he wasn't really practicing at 100%. So going into preseason camp, I expected this to be a battle for about the first two weeks, which is where we are right now. We're entering week three. 
and this is the final week of preseason camp. This is about the time I thought we would start to see someone pull away. That hasn't really happened though, man. Uh, so it is a surprise in that sense. And there's a variety of reasons why that hasn't happened. Uh, they've talked about workload uh, with Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Travis and not not overworking them. And I think that's especially the case for Mackenzie Milton and, and his leg. But, you know, Jordan Travis has performed well. Mackenzie Milton isn't the best practice player. I think the staff knows that. He's been called a gamer, quote unquote, a lot. UCF staff said the same thing about him. I, I know that can sound, sound hyperbolic and like a bit of a, a, a narrative, but he does perform really well in games and he apparently has never practiced very well in his career. So that's kind of where we're at right now. There's It's murky. There's not a lot of clarity, but I don't know if, I don't know if that's a bad thing for Florida State. I think the coaching staff's okay with Notre Dame having a game plan for, for two different quarterbacks up to this point in the preseason. Yeah, Travis can really scoot. And with mm-hmm. Milton rehabbing from the from the leg, I wouldn't expect that to be a big part of his game if it ever really was. How much does the offense change? You mentioned Notre Dame game planning. That's a really interesting wrinkle for week one. If Jordan Travis, have, I mean, we're just spitballing here. If Jordan mm-hmm. Travis is the guy all year, does Mike Norvell get to unleash everything he was planning on unleashing? Because there is a lot of new new skill talent on the offense that they brought in uh, to uh, to what I would have assumed, you know, play in that Memphis offense where you you've got a quarterback throwing for crazy amounts of yards and receivers doing crazy, crazy things. So, yeah, there, there are a couple things to unpack here. So I, I will say, I mean, the offense does change with the two quarterbacks to an extent. Mike Norvell does a very good job. We saw this last year when they had to start four different quarterbacks and the numbers on offense, they at least had an identity running the football. Uh, they weren't great overall on offense, but given all the injuries and, and attrition they had on that side of the ball, that they did a nice job finding at least something they did well. They were top 25 nationally in, in yards per carry. And Jordan Travis was a big reason why for that. Norvell's going to want to do a lot of the things, a lot of things similarly between between whether it is Jordan Travis or McKenzie Milton, the RPO game is going to be a big part of any game plan they do. He wants to run tempo at times, uh, especially after they get first downs. He wants to have balanced attack, use a tight end a lot, use running backs in the passing game. So that's going to happen between either quarterback. That's always going to be a part of what they do. But yeah, there's no doubt that I think McKenzie Milton unleashes the, the highest upside, a healthy rust-free McKenzie Milton near 100% of what he was pre-injury, I think unlocks the most potential for this offense for the way you can spread the ball around and be balanced. You know, he was a, a good runner at UCF. I, mean, I think he had like 500, 600 yards one season. Uh, Jordan Travis is more dynamic as a runner. And McKenzie Milton, actually, we've seen this preseason and even going back to the spring, like he, he can move around in the pocket and, and still scramble a little bit, maybe not quite to the extent of what he did before. But, but Jordan Travis does give you more ammunition in the option uh, in the option game and, and the uh, zone read stuff and and even kind of running like that triple option where, where you roll out and the wide receiver almost mm-hmm. turns into the pitch man outside. So so yeah, it will look different to, to say all that. That is going to be something that that Notre Dame is going to have to be, con- and anyone I think this season's got to be conscientious of. Whoever's in the game at quarterback, it will look different. But I, I do think you can be effective. We saw last year, you can still be effective if Jordan Travis is the quarterback. And, and for your audience there, Trey, like, Jordan is a better passer this year than he was a year ago. He is more confident. Uh, You see him in practice. He's pushing the ball vertically a little bit more often. He's attacking the field in the middle between the hashes a lot more than he did last year. Last year, he did that very rarely. So yeah, I don't know what the upside is fully with Jordan Travis, but if worst case scenario presents itself and McKenzie Milton can't finish the season, I think we can expect the offense to still be better than it was last year and more balanced because Jordan Travis seems like a, a more improved and consistent passer so far in camp. 
my audience would also probably want me to ask you about the offensive line, which is not something I usually talk about. And I usually don't even, uh, I don't plan on getting too personnel focused with you here, Brendan. We'll, we'll talk O-line and then I'm going to tee you up for a defender I know you're going to want to talk about. And, and then we'll kind of go big picture here on on Norvell. But I'm reading my Phil Steele. I think my eyes, I, I think I see five returning starters up Everyone's front. Back. What does that mean? Jimbo Fisher, when he was at Florida State, used to have a saying, and it's something that stuck with me. Sometimes the good news is everyone's back. Sometimes the bad news is everyone's back. For Florida State's offensive line, it's TBD, whether it's good news or bad news. So there was growth last year. I talked about the ground game and the rushing success they had. Jordan Travis being an efficient runner helped out the offensive line tremendously. It it took pressure off of them in pass pro, and it helped them have better blocking angles and and forced defenders, you know, it was 11 on 11 rather than 10 on 11 with with him being a runner. So so it helped the offensive line out tremendously. Devontae Love-Taylor was a transfer they got in from FIU a year ago. He was kind of revelatory for them in that he could play four positions on the offensive line at an above-average level. I think that's going to help. They added Dylan Gibbons from Notre Dame, who's either going to be a key depth piece or maybe a starter. I don't know if he's going to set the world on fire, but they were so bad in 2018 and 2019, and I think they got up to like a below-average below level this past year. If they can just get creep up a little bit more if you can go from awful to bad to below average to maybe even pushing average this year like that's a step in the right direction for the offensive line so so they have guys uh, they're young offensive line still these guys have been thrown to the fire earlier than they probably all should have been other than Devontae love taylor and dylan gibbons it's a really young group being reasonable that there is an expectation for progress how much progress uh, how good this line could be at the end of the day i still don't think it's going to be a strength to be honest hmm. but maybe maybe i think fsu fans can can relax a little bit that's not going to be just this over overwhelming weakness like it was at the start of the Willie Taggart era or the last year, the Jimbo Fisher era. Yeah, that makes sense. There's been a lot of noise about Jermaine Johnson, the transfer Mm -hmm. from Georgia, who I feel like he's been on the map for forever. He was sort of on last chance to you, but not really. They didn't, they didn't cover him, but he was the number one Juco player in the country, signed with Georgia, played a role, wasn't ever a superstar. Now he's at Florida state, some buzz that he could be the best player on defense. Tell me what you're hearing about him. The hype's pretty pretty good. And that'd be kind of cool if he can turn it on in, in his final final push for an NFL uh, career. He passes the eye test uh, without a doubt. You, you see him in Florida State because of the lack of development the last several years. It's been eye-opening, Trey, to see Jermaine Johnson versus other guys who just have kind of been underdeveloped and haven't been in a consistent strength program the last several years. Like you see him, you're like, oh, that's what it looks like. He's six foot five, 260 pounds. And then you see him move and to be that length and that size to to fly off the edge, to have the bend and athleticism that he has, the, the burst, the inside move, the, the spin moves outside. He, he does a lot of things that are frankly really impressive. Now, kind of chicken or egg, the egg type of type of deal, deal here at Florida State. And this is a, a annual, a preseason camp uh, analysis question that we always get. Like we saw Brian Burns, Marvin Wilson, Joshua Kando. seems like those guys always have a great camp and are unblockable. And then people always want to say, well, is it the offensive line being you know, subpar? Or is it the defensive line being great? And that's a question that we'll have to wait to find out for for the season. But the hype, the buzz around Jermaine Johnson is legitimate in the sense that the coaching staff thinks he's very talented. He is extremely disruptive in practice. He, he'll go for, you know, there'll be a couple series where he just makes it really difficult for the offense to get clean reps in because he, he is so, so disruptive. 
disruptive and such a menace off the edge. He, he looks like an NFL caliber player to me. I mean, FSU had two guys, Janarius Robinson, Joshua Kano, get drafted in the fourth round last year based mm-hmm. off mostly size and potential. They weren't very productive. Kano didn't have a sack. I think Robinson had three. Jermaine Johnson, to me, flashes more than, than they flashed in their time at FSU. So we'll see if he puts it all together on Saturdays. But in terms of what he's doing on the practice field right now, yeah, he's... He looks to be like the real deal uh, from everything I can see and, and everything I've heard. Excited to see him get after Jack Cohn in week one. <laughs> we'll feel back and do a little big picture here. So last year was not fun. You and I podcasted after the Miami game about this being rock bottom. They lost 52 to 10, lost the opener against Georgia Tech and then former commit Jeff Sims, lost bad to Louisville, lost bad to Pitt. Yeah, it turns out and that he, wasn't rock that wasn't rock no, bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, jumped the gun a little bit. <laughs> but 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 somehow this and this is this is a credit to Mike Norvell, and we're going to have to see how this fall goes. But somehow, after a three and six season, that might have been even worse than it was on paper. Florida State felt like sort of a darling of the offseason. I'm going to give Mike Norvell a lot of, I think he's very good with the media. It felt like Florida State was, at least at the very beginning, Brendan, the face of the reopening of the recruiting on campus visits. Mm-hmm. And and the face of NIL uh, as far as their push uh, at, mm-hmm. the, at the very beginning of it. They've got this recruiting class in 2022 that's number nine. It's headlined by Travis Hunter, the number one player in the class, who is a transcendent talent, we think. Could play receiver, could play corner. One of the best dual way, or two-way high school prospects ever. Mm-hmm. So things are going really well. Got a good transfer class in, headlined by McKenzie Milton. We'll see how that pans out. How much pressure is on Mike Norvell in what is really still year one, if we call last year, year zero, how much pressure is on him to put together a palatable season? Because it seems like there's a lot of good things going on right now that you don't quite want to let fall apart. The magic number, when you talk about a palatable season, that's a really, really good way to describe it. Six and six is the record I think Florida State needs as the baseline to be able to keep this recruiting class intact, to be able to sell momentum of, hey, we're moving in the right direction as a program. I mean, to go from three wins to six, you double your win total. Uh, you have a pretty tough schedule. It's definitely one of the toughest ones in the country. I've seen top 20 in some metrics. Some lists say top 10. It's tough. You have North Carolina, Miami, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida. Like, it, it, not easy. So with that in mind, if you go ahead, you win six games, you find a way to win you know, three of your easier cupcake ones, and then you got to find three more on there. You go ahead and get to a bowl game. You you can say we we as a coach that's what this Mike Norvell prides himself on is is a developmental program what is he did at Memphis is to take guys and make them better from all different avenues Juco walk on highly ranked guys who fell between the cracks for whatever reason to be able to sell progress is something that's going to be huge for him you know they get to five wins and, and it feels so silly kind of going between oh slicing the difference between one or two wins but I think optically it's going to make a huge difference and it's going to to either give FSU some fuel to recruit with or if they say only win four or five games, especially if they win only four, uh, give opponent opposing coaches something to negatively recruit them with and say, ah, are you really going to get better at Florida State? Do they have the guys around you to help elevate you? So yeah, there, there is you know, pressure, I, I think, to, to produce. Again, you'll have to be great this year if you're Florida State. Uh, but the program's been so mismanaged since the last year of the Jimbo Fisher era, where he kind of checked out on, not kind of checked out, he did check out on mm-hmm. the program the way through. Willie Taggart, 
it was a plane that was that was out of control and Willie Tyrick kind of just flew it into the mountain mountain unfortunately um and so Mike Norvell then comes in with a COVID year and and everything was a disaster from off field and chemistry and and just guys not being in shape and and really not being able to implement his program so yeah man six wins if you can get to that spot and and say okay we're moving in the right direction we're going to a bowl game for the first time in a few years that's big and if they miss out on that though then I think that kind of opens up the floodgates and allows you know it makes FSU vulnerable to be kind of picked apart with this potential top 10 class it is as you said really really good really good fascinating to see what happens we'll definitely talk to you again this season um sooner rather than later I can't guarantee anything I'm, I'm getting it, it's not going to be a rock bottom conversation <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll have to do a check in though we appreciate you uh coming on to talk to us for sure thanks for having me thanks to Brendan for joining us thank you to our producer Lance Glenn for putting that episode together into the college football daily across the country with the college football daily feed on Spotify and for doing that with every single episode we did this offseason my name is Trey Scott have a great Thursday we will talk to you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.